The conclusion of a comic book series that's been a part of your life for years is a huge deal for both the fans and the creators. Everyone involved has lived with these characters and with this world for a long time and when that story reaches its conclusion, no matter how perfect that conclusion is, well there's always a mixture of emotions. That's how many people, including myself, feel now that The Wicked and the Divine has ended. A series that's been one of the brightest stars in the Image Comics lineup for over five years now. The Wicked and the Divine published its final issue this September, and the fact that it was able to end on its own terms and in its own time is a wonderful achievement, especially in this modern age of reboots and relaunches. The creation of a comic book is a huge deal. Beginning on a new journey like this, finding success with it and finding a fan base that love what you're doing, that becomes a hell of a commitment, not only on your time, but on your creative energy as well. How does that affect a creator? How does that take its toll? And how does it feel to have reached the end of a project like that? One that you've poured your life and your soul into? Is it relief? Is it exhaustion? Or is it something more bittersweet? My name's Matt Loon, and today on the show I'm joined by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey for a deep dive debrief on The Wicked and the Divine. This is That's the Issue. Kieran Gillen. I am the writer of The Wicked Divine and other comics which are less Wicked than Viney. Uh, and I'm uh, Jamie McKelvey um, and I don't do anything right now. But I, used <laughs> to, <laughs> I used to do The Wicked and Divine with Kieran. Um, I can't and... believe Marvel cancelled that book again. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be the end as well. Issue 50 was the end and then we could cancel five issues. Um, how dare they? How oh, interesting, yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to start with, um, firstly, welcome to the show. It is really good to speak to you both. Um, I always forget that saying hello to you like is, is is not recorded. And then when I go into the actual recording, I forget to actually <laughs> say hello. And then people are like, oh, it's a bit rude. <laughs> Just, it's all business. <laughs> um, but so the point of this uh, episode is to get to get to know you both and you know how you've you know how you felt about we can divine um because it's all it's all completely finished now and um just be a bit of a, a victory lap for your post-game analysis kind of thing but chance to debrief for the both of you as well so i'll start with the perhaps most basic question uh, which is how are you both feeling now that it's all over it's kind of different for me than you isn't it jamie like obviously yeah, like, jamie, you're genuinely yeah. you're gonna, like you're free whilst i of course am just on my next of my endless list to do list <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so i'm because i'm taking a big break well i say a big break i'm actually working on stuff but like not to deadline and not um with any sense of urgency so for me it's kind of after working non-stop for like five years on this it's just strange to stop mm. um, and so like on one level it's great on the other level it's like well what am i supposed to be doing right now like waking up and thinking oh, I don't have to get these pages done yeah, it's very yeah. very surreal um but yeah like I'm I'm really proud I guess uh, of what we've done like we achieved pretty much what we wanted to do with it the fact that like you know enough people were buying it that we could tell the story at the pace we wanted to get it done in the way we wanted to is incredible and just like it's just yeah yeah relieved yeah. I guess is one word one way of putting it yeah I imagine that's an understatement yeah just to kind yeah. of 
<laughs> just to actually finally get a finish. I mean, what's because I say, you know, how are you both being now? It's oh no, it's finally over. But like for the the end point, I imagine was a lot earlier for you, Kieran, than it was for you, Jamie. Like I imagine, Kieran, it's kind of far in the rearview mirror now for you, maybe. In quotation mark, it's complicated. Close question mark. <laughs> uh, because it's like we're still having arguments about how we're going to do things right up to going to press it's like yeah my work kind of finishes but then it doesn't really finish and it's yeah. kind of like i'm sitting there waiting for like ink, jamie's inks to drop and then just see what that happens and like oh we've missed a click so then we've got to put in the trade and you know the kind of the job doesn't really sign off but at the same time you're completely right i finished the script um in a first draft months ago so in some ways that was quite weird as i wicked this segued off my list of uh to-do list it was off mm-hmm. my to-do list in my head so every time it kept on coming back it was like um a friend of mine has a rat in their house <laughs> and the rat that they can't quite get rid of and keeps on like quite climbing back in and into the toilet and all that kind of stuff. And what did was for several months kind of my rat. Right. Um, right. That's enormous. Like, Thank you. <laughs> but it's like on, on a more serious like it's like it's been a series of like emotional disentanglements. And in a very real way, Wickdiv was a process of letting go to Wickdiv in this kind of this awful machine winding down, uh, designed for a set purpose, and it kind of you know it, it did its purpose and stopped. Yeah. I mean, the weirdest thing is letting people inside my head. Sorry, or rather letting um, stuff that's solely been inside my head now is in other people's heads. And it feels like a magic circle slowly expanding because it's stuff like I knew how it was going to end like at the start. So like there's key things about this journey and it's suddenly less lonely, Yeah, yeah. which is interesting. That's that's the major thing. I mean, it was the biggest. I've said I've had a variety of sort of big things saying goodbye, but like it being out there in the world on Wednesday, that was a big one. That was a weird day. Yeah. The anxiety or something, I guess, because like I know when through the first sort of 33 issues, Kieran was quite scared of accidentally. Uh, are we doing spoilers here, by the way? I'm assuming we yes. are. Yeah, no, we're go for it. Okay. Uh, Kieran was quite worried about um, accidentally typing an ank when he meant to type Minerva or something online. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 they were the same person. Like, it's like so, carrying it, those around with you and they're not there anymore. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. It's one of the things like Chrissy said is like when she was getting the script for issue 43 and 44, she's like, oh, we can't say, you know, we can't say it, say this yet. We can't. And then, oh, no, we can. We can. It's ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was very much like doing a card trick in slow motion over a period of five years. Just mm-hmm. like, it was, it was easier in the final year in some ways. Like up to 33, the anxiety in terms of messing up the card trick was high. In yeah. the final year, there's less anxiety about messing up the card trick and more just how you choose to resolve the equation and the basic anxiety of doing quite high stakes plots in terms of like the material we're writing. Yeah. And how the big points land kind of thing as that, as they, yeah. as they get down there. Yeah. It's good. I mean, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it really? Cause you, you've got so many milestones when you're creating a piece of work. Like I imagine, you know, for you, Kieran, like the, the moment you put, you know, quote unquote, put the pen down on the final page was one thing, but then obviously, as you say, it keeps coming back. And then for you, Jamie, it's, it's working through the pages and then, you know, getting feedback from them and whether it's right or, you know, whether it's right or wrong. And then obviously mm. it's, it's finishing it, getting it out, but then it's release day is still months you know after that and then and then now it's it's all out and then you've got like a trade collection and then you've got people like me pecking your head about it <laughs> so there's, there's different stages of the debrief i suppose is the decompression yeah, yeah, totally. yeah yeah although it's really i mean it's what three or four weeks from when we upload it to when it comes out it's mm. quite a short period of time although that's still you know a month um i immediately went on holiday like literally i finished wiktiv at 6 a.m uh i got up at 8 a.m to go and get my train down to london to get the plane the next day yeah. so uh <laughs> so that was 
So that was an interesting break. Um, and then I like slept for like three days. Uh, yeah, been five years coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but but yeah, it's um, and you know, then there's like that. There's not as large a group, but then there's like the hardback readers like next year. Yeah. <laughs> it just and so we'll probably like be tweaking a couple of things for the hardback as well. Mm. And yeah. yeah, so it's not quite a, a solid end, but it is it is the big end. Yeah. So let's go right back to the beginning then, because this started as you say it was was it late 2013 early 2014 was when you kind of started the first the first issue yeah actually i mentioned my latest newsletter the exact day when i mailed jamie uh the idea for the book as in the core idea and it was quite early i'm always surprised by how early it actually was in the year yeah, yeah. i mailed jamie on march the 5th 2013 so there was this is really quite early in the year of young avengers of course yeah. it's normally like three months before uh, it actually comes out so it was, I forget when we started working on Avengers, but that kind of you we uh, mid, middle of 2012. I was yeah, working yeah. on Avengers, and I was taken off Defenders to start work on Young Avengers. I think. Yeah. So like, yeah. there was the slow boil on that, and I handed Jamie the first script on January the first, 2014. So it's that kind of like that gives you an idea of the period when it came out in June. So that's yeah. the kind of sort of structure we've been working to. Mm. And how did you kind of see the story in your mind? What was the kind of the first ideas? Because I remember reading back to your some of your earlier, uh, your earlier like kind of writer's notes on them. And you said like you were thinking maybe it was going to be called Young Gods at one point. But then you thought, actually, that's a bit too close to Young Avengers. And yeah. I mean, deliberately so. It's not like we accidentally made it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was like, you know, that just felt weird and parasitic. really. And also yeah. the name was like... Well, the famous we were aiming at. We hadn't quite figured it out. <laughs> Yeah. That was like um the cynic, like they were, you know that would have been really cynical to say the least. <laughs> so it's actually when it for a variety of names, it's like for one it's called the wicked, the, the divine was actually or divine. When of course you know that those names are kind of taken in various ways. And I think we actually pitched it as the divine and the wicked. Right. Okay. Uh, and Eric urged us to switch it in terms of wicked divine just sounds better, doesn't it? And we were like, yeah. And of course we always uh that always that was always a working title. And it was only as, you know, we regularly record the stories backstage at the MX Expo on the 8th, uh, whatever day it was, uh, looking at the, you know, in our suits and ready to go on stage and have our kind of, oh, right, yeah, we're kind of stuck with it now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, like, it's quite tricky. I genuinely can't remember. I remember the original idea, because the idea, you know, uh, the, the stories of how it came about, it's like my immediate response. You know, my dad just been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And this idea comes, and then in the week after, of these twelve gods incarnating through generations, having two years to live. You know, that kind of fundamental: what is art for? Why be alive anyway? Why the hell spend our lives the way we are? Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of core. And then it, the rest of the year was kind of building up ideas and images. And I remember, like, it's sort of thing if I listen to the Wicked playlist, can sort of pick up elements. I said, "Oh, that's an angle. That's an angle." But like, one of the first images I think of the season was the. Um, uh, the opening image from the first issue when they go to the gig, that spread which people always go back to of the girl on the crowd, the girl on the stage, uh, the distance yeah. between them. That was kind of like one of the first images. That was kind of off a Florence and Machine record. I think I was flying back from some event in London, from in America, possibly a ex, probably a Marvel thing or whatever. And I was very jet lagged, very tired, and obviously upset about whatever was happening. And listening to uh, that record and having the image and that, that that particular beatific space. And that, I think a lot of it comes built from there, I guess. What about you, Jamie? How did you first come up with like some of the designs for the characters, some of the ideas, you know, when you were starting to get things down? How did it start all coming together for you? Um, a lot of it was pretty immediate. Um, like, you know, obviously Lucifer, we pretty much both knew exactly what we were going to do with her, how she looked and stuff like that. Um, one of the things we started doing was like we started a, a, a Tumblr 
it was secret at first and we just started pulling together images that interested us and bits and pieces of things that might tie into what we thought a certain god might look like um and how they might dress and things like that yeah uh, so that was kind of the early part and that went on that was quite a few months of that actually before i even started drawing anything yeah i bet that was quite a fun moment as well to be like what kind of you know because fashion is quite a big part of it as well and obviously yeah, appearance yeah. and image you know which we'll talk about you know that's such a huge thing of the book and, and yeah. being able to have that design stage must have been fascinating yeah mm. so it was nice it was nice to have that time that space because a lot of the time when you're working on comics you don't it's just immediately like you're designing on the page you're not given any time to think about it um so it was nice to have those sort of things in my head before we started yeah uh, which was great yeah so and i yeah. you know I was working on Young Avengers pretty much nonstop at that point as well, but having that space to think about those things around it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It was called it's called wickedstyleblog.tumblr.com if anyone wants to go and have a look at it now. I've just called it up now and just and I'll see when we started doing that. Yeah. As where the earliest post the earliest post is in March twenty four actually February twenty fourteen. Oh yeah. Wow. January twenty fourteen? No, no, it goes back obviously it's Yeah, because it's twenty thirteen we started thinking about it, yeah. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, I forgot how time worked then for a second. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a very long time ago. It's fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm asking you to kind of, you know, dive deep into the past when you're already kind of moving on to the next thing. But um, yeah, May 2013 is when the first image was appeared. May 2013. That's exciting. What was the first? It was a girl with tattoos, possibly henna tattoos, all over her hands, covering her face in a kind of floral look. Um, yeah. I thought second, it was a gif of a woman in a dress, yeah, you know, like a cotton pink dress with a little tiny hat on, getting hit by what appears to be an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, that's definitely, and it sort of explodes into pieces. <laughs> Pulling from all different inspirations. <laughs> There's a gravestone yeah. here that just says Satan, uh, 1972, <laughs> with the greatest love of my life, your mummy. <laughs> oh my right. God, that's bleak. Uh, yeah. I think stuff. that's one you put on there. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot. It's funny. There's a push and pull between some stuff which is me and some stuff it's Jamie. Yeah. And some stuff like art. Oh, you know, some this quotes up here. It's a lot of fun stuff. It's really pretty. It's a lot of pretty random crap. Yeah. Jamie, yeah. that's a question for you. What's your first impression? Like you got this script through in my typical style. What's your phone? What were you thinking when you got that script? <sighs> well, I was very hungover. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was the day after after New Year's Eve. All the uh, best no, stories start that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I was really excited because, like, a lot of it in terms of um, how we were presenting it up until that point had almost been abstract to me. Um, so it was really cool to see how it plays out on the page, like, in terms of how we were revealing the gods' powers and stuff like that. And, and uh, like, I knew what the I, – I pretty much knew what the the motor of the, the first arc was going to be, but, like, seeing it laid out – and uh you know because we talk about first issues a lot and and first issues are difficult mm. they're really difficult to do something that makes somebody really want to come back mm. uh, you know you can get people who have been working in comics for years and you can read the first issue mm. and you're like oh i guess i'm coming back for the second one but yeah so this is like you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so re- reading that and then i was like oh yeah this is this is gonna work i just had a quote i lobbed up um it's like an old manic street preachers a quote they did in their early uh, days and it's every yeah. generation has a defining moment we are yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Have, like powers to back it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was that about the characters, or was that you and you and Jamie sitting there? Yeah, we <laughs> well, are. I was about to say, you tell us, my friend. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, that's... How did you come up with the, the gods you were going to use? Because obviously, when we get deeper into the story, there are more gods revealed, and then you go back through the specials, and there are different gods that you use for, you know, for past incarnations. But, like, how did you decide on the ones you were going to on, you were going to use in the main run? Uh, I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit. Was, I mean, the short answer is there was sometimes the, the, the pop star archetype came first, and sometimes the god came first, and sometimes they kind of came in a moment of inspiration. Like, Lucifer is, you know, gender switch, Finn White joke. That was kind of, you know, that was instant and there. And then there's other ones where, like, um, I always knew I wanted to use the sort of Florence Welshy kind of Kate Bush archetype. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, but there was a time I was going to use that's the Morrigan. Uh, and then there's stuff like Bat, uh, Bat, uh, Ball, as I knew I wanted to use Ball because I was really, I, I knew I was interested in the duality of those different balls. Yeah. And um, but it took me a while to sort of like cast that, you know, and, and so, you know, and like Jamie, the one Jamie request was Anana, <laughs> you know, not as Jamie requested a, a prince sort of inspired character. Yeah, I, 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 did, I didn't, I didn't choose any of the gods, but I definitely, I was like, can ask if there's anybody missing from who we come up with so far i'm like yeah i want like a prince character yeah yeah and then there was and then a course... like it's your job then kieran to like go and find a god that fits in with like the prince archetype it was definitely a case of like, when i have 12 gods to play with it's like oh i've got i can afford to mix them in and then work out how that aligns my interest and i kind of immediately thinking there was a line my friends friends did in that year kieran you need to be more in touch with your inner prince and that kind of like that was that was anana anana was my inner prince the idea of this kind of per, you know this person who was something of a the idea of anana but zahid beforehand with this wallflower and now he was now he's become anana uh, they could be whoever they want to be mm-hmm. uh you know that kind of thing uh and that's you know that's the sort of way you find in i mean the weird one is of course and i said early on like originally the like the first six or seven gods were women like there was a time i thought that all the gods like were, and i got to that point and i realized maybe all the gods are women you know, that's just because the ideas were so women. And then, like, Baphomet turned up, and then it was, okay, there are some men in here. Yeah. And then, of course, Tara was the last god to choose, which is, um, we still probably can't tell the story why Tara arrived, but for reasons too complicated, we decided to, oh, we need another god. And Tara was basically kind of, we were, this was the day after the, the book was announced, and we were, like, walking around San Diego with our friends, and we are in a museum, and we saw, like, it was a series of, like, Tara statues. Mm. Uh and I said I was commenting about one of these statues, which was really interesting. And we couldn't remember whether it was in the Buddhist section or the Hindu section of the museum. Yeah. And then later on that night, uh, we were out getting ice cream, and we looked up, and the ice cream place was the Tara ice cream bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, and there was literally yeah. a moment of going, "Okay, Tara, you win." <laughs> yeah, you're in. You're in. Yeah. And of course, that kind of was the the core inspiration for like Tara's plot, which was you know Tara not knowing what Tara she was, mm. which yeah, was useful yeah. thematically for a few other reasons. Yeah, that's really good. It kind of so it's quite organic how they all come together then it all kind of comes out and it seems like it's quite a collaborative process with the both of you as well then throwing pieces in and things like that um not yeah, i mean it's mo- uh, no I, I would, <laughs> it's mostly because like one of the things about this book is that i mean like can i tell you like each of the characters is a, maybe an, is an aspect of him and something he he was working through the character you know yeah. um and that's tied into what god they are and and, and what archetype they are like pop star archetype so like that kind of stuff was yeah it was mostly Karen. It was, it was I was mostly like what they looked like. Yeah. <laughs> what is execution? Is this so much just like my kind of I disappear into this hole and emerge with stuff? Then we talk about then we work at execution and so much of what we do is execution. Uh, so it's that kind of like the visual, the palettes and all this this kind of thing is absolutely cool to what we do. So it's like I was kind of it just feel quite weird saying oh no it was mostly me. The the Anana and the Prince is an exception. Right. Uh, but it's also you know. You've, 
that doesn't denigrate what Jamie we do with the project. The thing is, absolutely, how how on earth are we going to how on earth are we going to actually make this work? Uh, is is basically because execution is ideas are easy, execution's where it is. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Kieran the idea that well, not the idea, but the fact that you had the ending in mind when you first started. How how often do you do that when you when you're working on projects? Like, I mean, I suppose it's a bit different with this one because it's it's a full story that you you had in your head but there are some other projects where it's you know you you start with something and and you know keep it on an ongoing fashion i suppose but but how much of this uh, like the ending like issues 30 to 45 kind of thing was all planned out in your head like you don't want to like, overstate how stuff is planned because just with my bigs like a certain mode of create your own work like Young Avengers, like not create own, but you know, big work like Journey to Mystery, Young Avengers, mm. Uber, Wicked Divine, Die to some degree. Uh, all all of them are based around me knowing the end. Mm. Like, and a specific execution of the end changes. So, like, what I knew in uh, Wicked Div was this is the story what the story's about. This is how each arc basically ends. So, at the end of the first arc, Lucifer dies, Laura gets the moment with the fire, and the second arc. All the you know the, all those beats string down as in what the arc is about, and also the new status quo that's introduced by the end of the previous arc. So that's one set of stuff I have, and the other set of the stuff is the characters individually and what they are about. As in this character is this, their problem is this. This is how they will either this is how they will be be consumed by it or overcome it. Mm. Now, um, and the the art of writing it was was essentially sequencing those sequencing those beats and themes into the larger structure of the actual episodes uh, especially in the final year sort of was you have that structure but the structure of the final year was really solve the equation in this right. kind of like laura overcome you know laura convinces the other gods of the truth of the situation she discovers it she rejects her own godhood uh she defeats an ankle those kind of things a lot of specifics you know the heads get we get new bodies for the heads all that kind of stuff mm. but the a lot of the specific execution just kind of was like how it how does this sequence together so the so whilst i knew the final image i knew the final takeaway i didn't know where the final issue was set at the start you know that kind of um oh when that kind of like realized oh it has to be set at the funeral mm. that kind of came not late late but later than you may think and to be honest, it's one of those things where obviously it would end at a funeral there's no other way that a book about death and inspired by real life death could end but in that especially you know yeah, the pulse fish is always getting happy. They're gonna, these people have survived. And the thing is, they survived, they're still going to die, you know? <laughs> you yeah, know? They're, they're, and coming back to something really basic and human uh, just seemed the only way to go out. Yeah, it seems it seems perfectly poetic, doesn't it? And it almost like you, you know, where you saying, "Oh, I didn't, I don't know where it was going to end up," you know. But then you think maybe actually you did know where it was going to end up. It's just kind of getting round to kind of thinking actually, yeah, this this makes perfect sense. There's the word of necessity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, necessity is such a loaded Wicked word, but this, there's a lot about narrative necessity, as in including who died in the final issue. That kind of like, oh, right, she that has to be the person who's dead, and yeah. um, these are the only logical choices from the move you have made. Uh, yeah. That there's a you know there's a lot of that in writing and creation. I mean, like I wrote this in the writers' note, and I think I said this to Jamie. Um, I my I knew that Laura had to convince Lucifer to give up her powers, and she does that in a performance. And my synopsis was Laura convinces her in a performance. You know, yeah, and I didn't, yeah. and only at the top, I had no idea what that performance was going to be. I had no idea at all. Um, and I just like assumed that I'll be able to find something that would convince me. Because the awful truth is, if I was not able to work out a performance which did not convince me, Lucifer would have to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, I, when I sat down to script, I had no idea what I was going to do that morning. And it was, 
stop there, stop for two seconds, and immediately wrote, Laura descends down the Nank phase sequence and rescues Lucifer that way. Yeah. You know, and it was just there. And of course, that is so logically the end. Like we've done the sequence all the way through of these people falling down. So it's like to get, you know, that appears that reads or something that would be forced to fall along. Mm. But that's absolutely was not in the moment. But at the same time, as you say, for spending five years thinking about something, you are you are pregnant with these ideas. You know this yeah. stuff back to front and stuff kind of emerges. Anyway, that's a long rant. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Jamie? How much did you know, how much did you know about the the full like the full arc of the story and like were you able to kind of feed things into your to your art in a way that kind of fed that or did you did you feel like you kind of grew along with the characters i mean you do but also yeah like we we knew quite a lot of stuff so there's things like um i don't know even in like issue three baphomet disappears teleports away and the fire is like shaped like a lion because mm. he's not really baphomet um and that doesn't get revealed until like 15, 16 issues later. So there's things like you know mostly where those characters are going. Though again, I didn't know definitely who was going to live, who was going to die. Sometimes I wasn't paying attention. So like uh, <laughs> issue 11, uh, me and Matt got the script and we were both yelling at Kieran for killing off Inanna. Uh, and it was like, it's the Bible. Like it's, I wrote it down. Like, yeah, we didn't read that. It was like a lot of words. Yeah. It's like, the Bible is this document. It's this living document. And they maybe read the first one. Then it's like, yeah, they didn't look at it ever again, I'm sure. But that's like, I don't like, the, it's definitely the flip of, there's so much we've like, you know, in that first issue where we show the the death of the pre, the, the previous pantheon, like we, I, I knew that at the start of the fourth year we'd be going back to that to show it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, so those kind of, the, there's lots and lots of stuff we have planned. At the same time, if you have everything planned, it, it just becomes typing for five years, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. also like, you you get better ideas as you, as you think and learn the characters. Um, yeah. yeah. So that for me, it's a mix between a structure and the freedom. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing, isn't it? Because there's a lot of times where, you know, the characters will kind of almost dictate whether things are right or wrong as well, won't they? Like you'll have a moment where you actually, I wrote this this beat four years ago, but now this character is not in a place where that is potentially possible, so we'll have to work around that in another way. I must yeah. say, I don't have that problem. They will do what they're told. You know, it's not they do what they're told, is I know what the characters are, and so yeah, I've like. The execute there's definitely how they do it changes and there's wonderful moments when a character surprises you and it's a, it's a joy uh, oh my god that's an incredible moment of kindness or smartness you know as in that, that that's wonderful but i know the characters yeah. <laughs> you know as in they were created this fundamental flaw with them and how that expresses is what varies i definitely i know what you mean people talk about that and there's definitely in other books they perhaps yeah perhaps get more of that in this one not you know it, it's like you know the execution is always like pretty there I guess. Do you think that's because because it's such a big cast and because each character is designed around like one thing, one question? Do you think that's why? Yeah, it makes more sense to you each each one. It does. It's you know it's one of the core drives, and it's one of the things that if I let characters grow away from their core drive, I'm not writing those characters anymore. (laughs) You know, these are like tragic heroes. You know, they are all kind of got this this awful hubris at the heart of them. And it's like, can they, you know, and that, that hubris is so much driving them uh, that, you know, if, if there was a thing, and of course, when I thought about those things early on, like those notes in my notepad, that fundamental hubris, you know, that, that those lines I've had all along are the ones which most speak to their hubris. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're the, like, the last line. But at the same time, there's other characters like, like Baphomet or, uh, or Cassandra, uh, you know, who had significantly different end, or like even Lucifer. It's had significantly different ends than I had planned. Um, that's maybe the other way. Actually, 
That's the better way of putting it. Is. Cats that had ends planned for, I knew I was writing towards it. Characters who had ends which are open, they're the ones that surprised you. Right. You know, like Baphomet, seeing how, Baphomet, you know, Baphomet's plot being sort of open at the end, as I know, Baphomet's plot is about how he, a variety of things, but at least one of them is his fear of death. You know, and Baphomet's ending in finding something actually worth giving his life for is that, you know, Baphomet absolutely overcomes the, the worst stuff and, you know, the, the, the thing that's haunted him. And, you know, and it kills him anyway, because the question is, you know, how you choose to die is important as well. Uh, so, you know, those that it, when I don't have an option, that's when you find something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baphomet seems the perfect kind of character to have an open end because he's all along. He's he's about the journey, isn't it? And as you were saying, like he's he's very much you know how like what you wanted him to achieve by the end but how he actually got that was potentially quite an open-ended thing for you by the sounds of things yeah well, i mean I, I don't know how much you want to talk about it like what the other end for him was but i mean it's like i definitely at some point i thought he was going to live like it was like kind of like there's you know and then he would have gone out the other end and it's like there was the moment when around issue 17 or so it was i can't kill doesn't the idea of dionysius dying the way he would have was too much the idea of him because Dionysus thing is you know he can't save everyone he's 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 the closest witted has to a saint and the fundamental problem with like if you give stuff to everybody you leave nothing for a yourself but b for the people who are closest to you as in by definition if you were kind of care too much for strangers you're literally letting the people around you down um and that kind of thing was how we lend Dio and there's Dio's like death scene fighting that crowd is tragic and in the end I was like I got to work a way to save him uh <laughs> you know I said well can I and I sort of re- I sort of looked at the plot and it kind of turned and I realised all the pieces were in place in that kind of with the way that Baphomet and Morgan's plot was go- was going to end up already. Yeah. I said, all right, that's in there. And what I needed was in the in the third year Imperial phase to create more space because Dio and Baphomet already were friends. Mm-hmm. But the third year, so let's dig into this friendship. Let's make enough emotional weight here that people might understand that Baphomet understands and feels less lonely and the people who cared for him and cared for him in a positive, loving way. You know that so that that was the bit where I and I also realised it dovetailed perfectly with Baphomet's story. Therefore, the point is when you talk about the the cold equations of it, mm. um, in terms of like yeah that makes sense and there's a lot of it speaks to who you are as a person and it's like I, I, in the end it was just too much for me to bear the idea that no one would care about Dionysius enough to do anything for him. Mm. You know that kind of um, that you could give, you could give everything like that yeah. and no no one would touch it mm. and of course all the way through you sort of see that i mean it's typically me the second i know something i foreshadowed it right <laughs> and of course actually the other flip is occasionally i've got multiple options i said oh i can go this way or this way and yeah. in which case i foreshadowed them both <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know you do it quiet enough so people don't notice the foreshadowing for the other way <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, but so but when in retrospect everything becomes so like you you know you play it smartly <laughs> yeah I want to talk about the design of the book because the obviously as, as we've said image is such a huge part of the story so yeah. getting the design of the book right from the start and you do you nail the you know you nail the aesthetic of it it's um you know it's got this kind of you know huge pop art sentiment to it but it's also you know beautifully rendered and and it's it feels kind of high end if that makes sense because it and it's meant it's touching on these literal gods amongst us but also yeah. you know pop stars as these huge celebrities these manicured to perfection kind of people um you know so design must have been a huge part of your kind of planning process when you first when you first started oh, yeah. putting the I book mean, together this is one of the great things about doing stuff at image is that you have control over every single page on it not just the comic but everything else as well yeah yeah um so like that was part of the planning from the very beginning and yeah i wanted to yeah high end up probably is a good way of putting it i wanted to like feel like that world basically 
not just in the pages, but like in the design and in the front cover, in the back cover. Um, so I worked with uh, Hannah Donovan, who is, is a designer uh, by trade, to come up with like to sort of the feel of the book around around the comic itself. And it was kind of yeah, it's like because you know we'd done stuff for Marvel and like for, as an example, so the the first issue of Young Avengers, you know, this is a book that we wanted to appeal to a wide audience, be inclusive. And then you get the book and you open it up and the inside front cover is an ad for I think it was like. I can't remember which soda company it was, but it was like a, it was like a um, zero calorie, not for girls kind of thing. And it was like, oh. fuck's sake, like literally, <laughs> literally within the first, and I know that's part, that's part of working for, a, you know, uh, work for hire stuff is like, you don't control what the ads are. And it wasn't, that ad wasn't specific to our comic that ran across all the comics that month, but it was still like, so then going from that to be able to uh, control all that stuff is amazing. Yeah. Do you want to talk about like uh, like the magazine, like the sort of magazines you were trying to evoke? Because we did the you know the divine, sorry, not divine, the design that you and Hannah kind of cooked up is like is not like many comic covers. You know what I mean? No, no. So like all of all our research and all of our like, so we went out and there's I think one of them's closed down now, unfortunately, but there's a couple of news agents, a couple of um, places in London that stock loads and loads of like the really high end and the quite boutique and small print run like fashion and music magazines and, yeah. and architecture magazines and all that kind of stuff so we just went and bought about probably about 300 quids worth of magazines um so to go through magazines <laughs> yeah yeah basically yeah they're all like <laughs> yeah um and just like went through and just like pulling through through things like an ideas and inspiration that, that um that worked for us so yeah, so that's kind of how we how we approached it. Um, and yeah, like it's quite interesting that there's definitely a few comics that came after that was like, oh yeah, you're you're doing the tricks that we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you're like you're inspired by what we did, which is great. You know, that's what you want to do. So like that was really cool. Um, and then like and then but with the back and forth and that that became really interesting because uh, then we were like, well, we've got the space on the back. And I can't remember who came up with the idea of putting a quote on the back. You remember, Kieran? Uh, I forget actually. No, because I can't remember. But then, but then that having that space meant that could be used in a narrative fashion. That can be used to carry meaning. And the same with like the interstitials, like the 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 God Wheel. Like you, they've got their icons, but then that becomes a story element as well. Yeah, yeah, um, like a recap, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So so having all that kind of stuff, the design linked into the comic pages, being able to do that kind of stuff is great. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, uh, and you actually go back to the original script as well before we started working on the design. Yeah. Uh, like, we're talking about the God Wheel. We're talking like, I'm not sure we should. There's like kind of me going on. I'm not sure we should do this because it feels a bit Hickmany. But at the same yeah. time, it's like you know, we've done how to this. Uh, John has the amazing advantage of being a designer. <laughs> yeah. uh, so like we've kind of all along done stuff with that kind of interstitial and design and stuff. Just not and never as much as John does. <laughs> um, but that kind of circle. I mean. My actual main inspiration for that was the Singles Club, Jamie's internal uh, image on the Singles Club, which is a group of the, which maps the social lines, a load yes, of lines yeah. between everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was kind of the original thought. And I actually asked just one set of icons because I didn't want to make it too much work. But Jamie. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. So, yeah. So Karen was like, oh, we use the same icons throughout history. I'm like, oh, no, that's not going to work. The icons <laughs> have to reflect the period they're in. So, and also, like, I can't remember how early on we decided that they weren't the same gods each time. So it didn't yeah. Make sense. yeah, so it didn't make sense for me yeah. Yeah. to use the same icon all the way through if it wasn't the same god. You know, in the first page, actually, it's like one of the first four gods is in someone in the model one. Yeah, so it's like yeah. From the, fir- from the first pages, it's, cl- uh, it's, it's clear. Well, I, can't, I, I can't remember if we'd started designing before that or I'd start, we'd start designing after the script came in. 
I'm probably after, I'm obviously after because I'm talking about maybe not doing it. So you know, it would definitely be after that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it was like, well, I'm not, I'm, you know, the the icons, and also that's another nice little storytelling nod to have the icons reflect the period they're from. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really so fun. much. Yeah, so like the 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 romantic storm was really fun, like trying to do the um the sort of like the line art, the engraving type thing, and then yeah, and the, the funniest one was um uh the Roman one because <laughs> at, that, at that period in time it wasn't really a concept of Lucifer in the way that we think of Lucifer. Right. Um, so trying to come up with a concept for an icon that reflects the period uh, was interesting. Um, mm. Yeah, and in the end, it was literally just like upside down Christ sign for the Antichrist. Like it was that simple. Yeah, but that was yeah. like a lot of trying to think of that stuff was part of the fun. Mm. Yeah. A, a lot of when I do a script, I hate asking for more work than we need. Uh, but you always rely on when an artist jumps on you and says, "No, we've got to do more." That's that's the mo- magical moment. I'm always trying to. I try to be like be aware of when we're asking too much. I mean, I often fuck up. Is that kind of that's the um. As Jamie will tell me, the don't worry. This this issue will be half the work as normal. It isn't. It never is. <laughs> um. And I mean the. The thing now with it all completed is, you know, the thoughts to, you know, mention the hardcovers earlier and the the way that people are going to be reading this story in the future. But it, what's wonderful about the the individual issues is, as you say, like from the front cover to the back, everything is planned and plotted and everything feeds into the story in some way doesn't it you know whether it's mm. as you say like the the high-end cover that is very much kind of like a fashion magazine or you know it's it's heavy design and then the recap page which is you know it got a bit more intensive as it went on but it started off with just that god wheel and the storytelling that was involved in that is is brilliant as well isn't it and those are still included in the in the trades aren't they in the hardcover and things yeah like yeah from i think from the fourth trade we started including a recap yeah, it does get a bit hard to keep track of everything. Otherwise, yeah, the recap was definitely kind of let's let's see what we can do here. Yeah. <laughs> because, no, we actually we did a recap early on, but it wasn't ever with the bios. Oh, you know, like, right. It's like, yeah. Yeah, make the recap better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. always you know that's part of it is like as you as you go along, you see what works, you see what doesn't. Yeah. I I also really enjoyed that like um, across an arc, the the previously section would get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like mm. to a, to the point where it became a real design challenge. Like, how am I going to fit all these words in? Um, <laughs> and then at the end of arc, it gives a chance to sort of reset. Right, there's a basic version of what happened last time, and yeah. we can start again. But like throughout that arc, there's a lot more specificity you need for you know the events that are playing into the, pre- the next issue. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I having to reset. Well, being able to reset every every five or six issues was fun. It's like yeah. kind of like as I said earlier, it's like every series, every arc has a status quo. And it's like yeah. kind of at the beginning, the status quo is simple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always like, so if you get reset at the beginning, it's like, we just go back to the basics and then, oh no, we're getting messy, 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 messy. And it's fine again. Yeah. yeah. Until the final <laughs> arc, and it's like, why the hell are you starting to read this book 45 issues in? Yeah, at a certain point you think, well, actually, there's not going to be a new reader at issue 42, you know, or you hope not anyway. Yeah. Not from a book like this anyway, no. No, no. And it's it's not again, it's not one of those books that you can like kind of include it in the kind of exposition dialogue, you know, where it's like, well, as you know, an anchor is Minerva and then 90 years yeah, ago this yeah. happened. And it's just like that would kind of take up <laughs> half the issue before you moved on to anything new. Actually, it's supposed to like there is a lot of plotting based around what how to what needs as well as the intro, what needs to be reminded. There's like yeah. there's some stuff explicit, like what how can we reintegrate and re-remind people of key information without just going. You know the obvious. <laughs> yeah. You know, and if you go through like the back with an eye on that, there's there's a lot of that's mainly like me and Chrissy in terms of there's a lot of intense reading of meaning 
in the issue. And I don't mean in a kind of like poetic way, though I actually also do mean in a poetic way. But also specifically, okay, what's this line saying? What could, you know, what are we really trying to get information across? And it's kind of it's so complicated and people get lost anyway. So yeah. I just always imagine how lost people would get if we didn't do that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also love that in TV shows where they have like a previously on and part of the previously on is from like four seasons ago. And it's like, oh, that's going to be important in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've not thought about that in years. Oh, that's obviously going to play a part, you know. So that that's almost an art in itself, isn't it? To kind of remind, know what to remind people of and like when to drop it. Exactly. But like we talked about like the whole issue as a whole being part of the storytelling and the, the covers, like my, my favourite covers were the portrait covers. And I mean, I think they're just absolutely stunning. But like the Thank variant you. covers, you know, you were... You were mm. so like, you know, you have like an awe-inspiring cast of, of talent that have joined you to to help you out with variant covers and and new designs and things like that. And and I know early on, Kieran, you mentioned the idea that the some of the variant covers were almost telling stories that you, you know, you didn't fit into the main narrative, like or telling aspects of their characters rather. Mm. Um, you know, being able to kind of discover discover your characters little like small little plot points and stuff through people's art and like their like people's interpretations of those characters. Yeah, because we did like I can't very few that we really did not even dictated but even suggested mm. uh what somebody might draw beyond oh we haven't had one of these covers for a while and this character for a while if you want to do that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, sometimes it's yeah. like, especially early on it's that kind of there was a bit maybe a bit more guidance and they haven't had a cover yet yeah, uh, yeah and sometimes it's like it's a big issue this might be a good person to do but we genuinely what we said we give them a stage is normally the metaphor we used as mm. in we want to see your best cover as in come on go for it and especially yeah. i mean so there's been some degree of competitiveness among the artists as well which i quite like <laughs> <laughs> fight for me yeah. fight for our love no it's not like you know it's so good people want to do good really strong stuff and yeah if it's like Trying to make our treating our characters to be as iconic as I don't know, like your your, your classic big two characters with the history. The idea, oh yeah, these characters are worth sticking on a cover and looking awesome, and without anything else. You know, mm-hmm. that was a lot of like the swagger of the book. That's that, that's definitely you know the, you know like jokey quote I just did from the Manic Street Preachers. Uh, you know the, the every gener every generation has a defining moment. We are yours. Yeah. kind of there's a lot about that in the art covers, as in just kind of doing it in a shame face. You know, no shame. Mm-hmm. Just like oh yeah yeah, these characters are this cool. Trust us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Do you have any kind of personal favourites or like ones that stick out in your mind when you think back at some of these variants? I mean the Olivia yeah, James one from like oh the, yeah that was that was incredible. That was that was amazing. That was like, to see that. Yeah, it was like we've got to end on something that no one's done yeah, <laughs> basically yeah. like what do we do what do we do and then we have a couple of mutual friends and stuff and then we realized that she was a fan of the book already mm. and i was like well all right let's yeah. ask her it was definitely one of those that we spent quite a long talking about we need the last cover to be something special and not just yeah. like good <laughs> you know it was one of those, it's that kind of like good wasn't enough the idea yeah. of like okay something really unusual and then so that just struck us and it was so we're so happy with it in terms of the actual the uh, olivia's roughs <laughs> you know as well yeah, like, loves... like five or six different ideas mm. and they're all brilliant and like trying to pick one yeah oh, wow it's very difficult <laughs> yeah yeah and that's and it's uh, like that was quite important as well isn't it because the the standard cover or the portrait cover is yeah. is a bit of a spoiler isn't it so you know having someone you know like olivia to kind of you know lean on and go wow this you know look at this amazing cover look at who you know who we've got for it that was yeah that yeah, was special yeah. in a different way as well mm-hmm. wasn't it because you can be like it you was can, helpful yeah yeah 
<laughs> yeah, um, I mean, like, I wouldn't really want to pick favorites because they're all brilliant, basically. Is, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so many people did so many brilliant covers. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's like choosing. It's like definitely it's, people always ask, like, who's your favorite artist to work with? I would never answer that question. Because yeah, obviously it's I, me. Yeah, yeah. Obviously it's Jamie. It's well, <laughs> but like, yeah, when, the, when they're here, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, like, there are so many people with so many great works uh, that we just feel very lucky to have them all. And yes, a lot, you know, they're just like choosing any one of them or any five of them would make me annoyed that the next five I didn't choose. You know what I mean? Like there's just there's been like a monthly delight to see our friends and peers just go for it. It's yeah. kind of the thing we would love to do, like a hardback collecting them all in an oversized thing. It's like a coffee table, and it's yeah. kind of and it's basically a five-year collection of people doing some of the most interesting work in the medium. You know what I mean? We're really proud. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, talking about doing the best work, I think like Matt Wilson is, you know, amazing anyway. But some of the some of the work he's done on Wicked and Divine has been absolutely incredible. Oh yeah. Um, you know, that's there. Some like sometimes the color choices and the you know they're quite it's quite transformative, isn't it? You know, the it can completely he completely changes the mood of a moment. So there's there's a mm-hmm. lot of storytelling, you know, there's storytelling in the script and then it comes to you, Jamie, and then it goes to, you know, to Matt as well. And there, there's so many different layers of storytelling on on the pages. Yeah, I mean, to give an extreme example, um, the remix issue issue 14, you know, on one level, is pretty much mostly the same line work. It's the mm-hmm. same art from previous issues, but completely transformed by what he does with it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like we, uh, I would say my working relationship with Matt is is more collaborative than a lot of uh, artists and colorist relationships are so there's a lot of like we have a lot of back and forth and there's things like um storytelling choices like when Baal um in issue 18 when we when I start drawing Baal again after Alan's died um he's wearing purple suits mm. and that was Matt's idea like things like that there's a lot of that kind of stuff that goes on in the book and his thinking about how to present the effects on the powers and everybody's power signature and the colors that are tied to them and all of these kind of things that tell the story in a way that isn't explicitly spelled out um, mm. is really great. So, yeah, he's a genius. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, like basically. him, like I was, I'm, like the, his eyes are incredibly well deserved. But I was more, I was more annoyed he didn't win an Isaac for the year he did the um, Dionysius and the Woden issue. Yeah. <laughs> like, that kind of yeah. like, that, that was what I was like, no, no one else is doing this. This is kind of like, um, I, the metaphor I always use is color as lead instrument. Like it yeah, was like yeah. the, the primary driving force of that issue. Uh, I don't think anyone's seen anything like it. It's, it's astounding stuff. Yeah. Yay him. Yeah. 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 And like, and it's like, so issue eight took him at least twice as long because he had to sort of re, completely rethink how he works, how it's going to work and how it's going to look. And like that kind of level of dedication and, and um, uh, thought going into it is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. it's music plays such a big part of it. And and music, I feel as though, is is always, you know, different, difficult to, to recreate on the page. But I think, you know, through Matt's colours and obviously, you know, Clayton Carl's lettering as well, you you really do get a feel for, for the music and the mood and the even, you know, even the tempo and stuff through their work, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like that, I, I'm trying to think with issue eight, when um like he drops the colors down and they start going back more to normal and stuff i can't remember how explicit that was in the script mm. but the way he the way he approached that was like the bit where um laura and baphomet are off talking to the side and it sort of starts like the, the magic kind of starts leaking out and then it comes back as they go back into the dancing yeah 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 and like the the with issue 14 with the remix issue the bits where like 
the original coloring like peeks through now and then and you see bits of the original panel yeah and that's what he's doing because his idea for that was you know if you're listening to a remix you hear bits of the original song um reformatted for the for this new version and so he was, it was like this is how i can interpret that and this is how i can show that through coloring and that was totally his idea like that wasn't that wasn't us hmm. yeah it's it's yeah. absolutely yeah, incredible it does completely change the the mood and the atmosphere of the piece doesn't it yeah, yeah. um you know, you mentioned those some of those issues like issue eight and issue fourteen. When I when I talk about or when I say like big moments, what are some of the what are the some of the things that you both think of when you look back on the on the story that you created? That's this, a is big... a lot, this is a thing. There's a lot yeah. of them in this book. Yeah. Um that's the thing like I I was kind of like just trying to list a few of them and you know there are big you know big kind of narrative beats like obviously like deaths of characters and and, and yeah. big revelations and things but then there's also there's also moments that are you know relatively small but they have huge consequences and it's like they they're the moments that resonate with you and and sometimes it is like issues itself like you know like the the remix issue you know sticks with you and the and the first you know the first time you see certain characters they stay with you and things like that yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah it's it, you know it is it is um it is a big question <laughs> yeah yeah because i mean there's things like um the i'm really proud of uh, issue 36 just the one where um we go through six thousand years of human history yeah um because that was an enormous amount of work that was probably like if i'd been able to do it a a human pace that might have been like three or four months work Mm. to prepare and get everything ready and put it together and and draw it um and we did it in i want to say about six weeks maybe it was seven weeks but it was like it was a very short amount of time for what we did with that with that issue six weeks Um, that's insane yeah i think it was i think it was and it was just it was i didn't really recover from that afterwards to be honest but um i'm very proud of this and i'm very proud of what we did with it um and I was expecting more people to pick up things I've messed up because, you know, that's going to happen, of course, when you're trying to do something like this. And the only thing anyone said to me was uh, one of the backgrounds, the, the building in the background didn't have those minarets at that point in history. So oh, I wow. took them out. So I removed yeah. them for the trade. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, that was, that was another enormous job for Matt because he had to come up with a new palette every panel mm. for 11 pages when normally you set a palette for a scene and then that that carries you through like five pages or whatever yeah so but like yeah that kind of thing i'm really proud of um yeah the remix issue the dance issue the the magazine issue i, I didn't do as much on that obviously but like that was incredible how that turned out yeah yeah that's yeah. that was an interesting one because like that was a bit of a tension in wicked in that the in some ways like the the level that the magazine was is kind of like a gossipy magazine in in world but at the same time i didn't want <laughs> the, I wanted the Wicked aesthetic to apply to it, which yeah. meant it looked really classy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of those Gothic magazines, the design is pretty terrible. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, like I didn't... clickbait for the eyes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like I did not want that to be what it looked like. Um, I don't know. What about you, Karen? I mean, then, like I say, like I think the excuse is like it's our fantasy universe version. I mean, to yeah. be honest, like the, the kind of the high end music mags aren't like the articles weren't gossipy. You know what I mean? It's like we didn't hire gossip writers. We hired like mag- no, feature no. writers. So it's like I could conceptualize like a magazine like The Face. I don't think we'd stretch it that far. I mean, yeah. I wish I wish we had space to do the um. We did a little bit of it, but like the issue. I suppose actually, right, that's issue uh, forty. Like it, yeah, like the fan it, stuff. yeah, like the, I always from the right from the beginning, I've been wanting to do like a load of interviews with fans talking about it, 
And I finally managed to get around to do that issue 40. And issue 40 is also the close I get to cutting a documentary from footage mm-hmm. issue. There's a little bit of that in earlier when Cassandra gets arrested. We use Beth's footage to like incriminate her. Yeah. Uh, but that kind of finally managed to pull that together in issue 40. That was a big deal. Talk to us. I've forgotten issue 40. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like, as you say, there's issue, there's moments and stuff which are just big beats. You get like an issue 11, which is, uh, oh my God, this is um, like a, a certain form of Whitbiff fan. This is like the pop banger. And there's definitely these kind of issues where everything kind of cascades. And yeah. the roller coaster, there's issues which bind up the tension. Then you get to the point where you just have three issues of bring the clap. Like the end of Imperial Phase, which is basically three issues of dominoes falling. Mm. Um, and then you've got the other side, which is the formalist part of it. It's like when you do something which is the equivalent of like what we did in Young Avengers. Like Young Avengers' idea was every issue would do a set piece and never repeat the same sort of set piece and try to make it something which we can go into where of people often doing in like mainstream comics. So every every issue would be like, what the hell was that? You know, here's yeah. a thing you you know try to be fresh and new. And we, if we went quite as formalist in the same aggressive way, but we got kind of here's the issue where we do this. So like Jamie mentioned most of them, it's like issue eight was our first real attempt for one. Issue eight, issue fourteen, the magazine issue, uh, uh, issue thirty six, issue forty. Then you've got like um, you know minor things like you've got like um, this the sec- is it twenty eight when you've got like kind of the you've got like the eight panel grid. Mm. Uh, which is told in a non-linear fashion all these kind of things so like kind of you know then, it, then you've got stuff like issue 13 which is a very much its own sort of issue yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know, that, that's not like a formalist thing that's much more like okay this is an issue about this um so that you know what i mean yeah. i think so much comes back to the fact that we're very as jimmy said right at the start we're aware this is the only chance we'd ever have to do this probably and the idea that we some people who love the concept of an ongoing comic and the idea that you know love it or hate it and, you know, there's a lot of reasons to hate us. <laughs> we <were> always <laughs> it. And it's that kind of if people and the people who don't even see what we were doing, that's the kind of well, whatever. You know, uh, we were always trying to push it into the red as far as we could whilst doing what we uh, were up to. So, yeah, you know, that's what we're, I'm most proud of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let's move right forward to the present then, to the to the kind of the final arc, the final issue. Um, I mean, the final arc before the epilogue reads like it's basically like with the movie it's like everything comes out everything kind of leads to these moments um but what were you what were you both thinking when you went into that last big kind of confrontation i was mostly thinking oh i've got to get this done after five years it's like i really i just yeah yeah head yeah. down get it done yeah. yeah this is a lot of death mode. i mean like as you said it's like it's just hard like you know it's just really really physically hard and you know mm. almost, like, impossible so it's like we just end up like okay we'll get through this yeah does it get more difficult the the, the kind of the closer you get to the end almost no no no, no, i mean i don't want to speak for jamie it's just that the the physical strain adds up you know that's the kind of it's just it's just the all i mean sorry obviously jamie can talk about this if he wants to yeah oh that my that was my i mean no i mean you know it hurt basically so just like the the sooner it ended the better yeah (laughs) in one on one level um yeah yeah it hurts to do it, therefore yeah. the only thing that stops doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is to get it done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In my case, it's like you know, all this like a. Uh, to be honest, it was like, oh, was I that worried about the final arc? A little bit. I mean, mo- I was more worried in terms of the actual because the material in the mothering intervention that's the harder stuff to write. You know, mm. that's like loaded, and that's where we have most chances of creating something truly offensive. Mm. Um, right. Yeah. And trying to write your way around that was hard work. When we got to the everything else, it's like, okay, how do we end this? And it's this kind of like, okay, you you just arrange the elements. Ball has to realise stuff. 
you know, these kind of big set pieces we planned for five years. How do you arrange these set pieces? Mm. Um, I mean, you break it down for a and you kind of look at the issues and you think, OK, what, what's going on in each one? There's like, what was the one where, is it 42? Yeah, 42 is a cram one, which is the Woden yeah. Death, uh, Death, Baphomet Death, Baal, Discovery. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and I think my note was, I think my actual synopsis was, oh, my God, how much stuff happens in this issue? Question mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, you know, and it has meant that the, the final arc was, as I said, dominoes falling, like the whole ish, the full fire, you know, and the pace might be a bit too much, I guess. But like, if we wouldn't have to quote the, um, to quote the Pet Shop Boys, we're never being boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the last thing this final arc is. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of it's like, like all the way, you you choose what to do. It's like the kind of like, if we're a different book, we would have like thrown an extra couple of issues and have that big fight scene when they arrive. And it's like, I just got to that point and looked at the work. It's like, I don't care about a fight. Who's really going to care about a big fight scene now? Well, probably yeah. some people, but like, surely we're past that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, you cut it, we cut it short, give you one moment and we spend our time doing the Ananki sequence. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. so it's kind of, it's like, what do we cut? Not what we cut what do we uh choose to bring out in the material that's so much about the final thing mm. is there anything you change about it going back uh, that's hard to talk about right now as i cannot a bit too, a bit too close isn't it a bit yeah, too close yeah. to it yeah it's yeah like, i can totally understand that probably something somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I think you're still in that kind of relief of it being done and out of the way and, you know, being able to move on, I suppose. It's, it's one of the phrases. It's like building an incredibly complicated, you're playing the world's most complicated game of Jenga and all those blocks are there. And you're asking me, is there any block you wish wasn't there? And it's like, yeah, maybe, but I'm not going to move any blocks. It's a fucking <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, so all my, to actually change anything in this fucking system, I'd have to, I would have to stop and rethink it all. So in other words, that's not even something I can comprehend right now. No, no, absolutely not. And it's not something you should think about either, really, because, you know, this is the 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 finale to the series, like the epilogue as well. You know, it's such a, you know, in my opinion, it's such a perfect capstone to the story. And it ends the ends the series in a wonderful way. It ties everything back together. And as you say, you you know, you're the the attitude of the piece is very much you know kind of destiny is in your hands and this you know the future lays that lies ahead you know even though we're looking in the to the future of these characters there's there is an upbeat ending to it where you know directly speaking to the audience as well so it's almost kind of going in in the opposite of that for me to then turn around and go what do you you know <laughs> what, what do you not want to do what do you wish to change you know because the point yeah. of it is you know the things are in your hands to change moving forward isn't it mm. Yeah, I get. I mean, that, that's def- there's definitely the push and pull between. I mean, the ending is bittersweet. You know, that, that's yeah. the kind of all the way through. We hit, but you know, it's a funeral. That's always sad. But there's a kind of. I mean, I've said always long is like the the, the fundamental question is why are we alive. You know, what we why be an artist? And the, the, and I've said all the way along in that. You know, if the answer was I have no answer. You know, I've got nothing. I wouldn't be alive now, would I? So like there was always kind of a promise in Wicked that it was going to be better than it appeared. But at the same time, it's a book that is about the inevitability of death and what we do when we're alive. Um, did that kind of mixture of acceptance and uh, existence and um, stoicism of humanity and also that the hope because it's like it's also a book about cycles you know it's a book that um where you know stuff is go wrong you know stuff cycles are both comforting they're also soporific you know the idea that all these things change things are changing constantly and wicked throughout the years they're also staying the same and the contrast between the two and the end of the idea that one day we could just fucking stop you know there's 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 absolutely the push up between what human nature is and what we can actually do as a human free beings is that gap never stops being there. Uh, and the kind of the, the hope of blessing. Yeah. You know, it's a hopeful ending. 
Yeah, yeah. So and also like on a, just on a, a a level of like looking back and and uh, wondering what you change. I don't think that's a helpful way of looking at it. The way I sort of look at it is like obviously there's stuff within the book with anything you do. The second you've done it, oh, I wish I'd done that better, or I I, I could have done this, I could have done that. And rather than looking back and thinking I, I want to change that, mm-hmm. the the way I look at it is like right, well next time yeah. I'll improve on that. Next time I'm like that's it. My career is a work in progress. Yeah. nothing I mean, is going to be perfect ever but like each hopefully each next thing will be better than the previous one what yeah. i've learned what i've got wrong you know you don't learn stuff unless you do things wrong i don't think uh, yeah, <laughs> i mean you get me and jamie and like, you get us down with a copy of rubitania and uh, we go through it and we'll, we'll have we'll more, uh, that's a nice big caption maybe i never wanted anyone to see your artwork jamie yeah yeah <laughs> and like we, we, just, like, we rip, you know we rip on ourselves and that's yeah yeah you know, it's not like we change anything <laughs> yeah 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 sorry sorry. no i was gonna say this is you know this is such a massive being a massive part of your lives for like six years as well you know so you have you have grown and evolved as the series has gone on you know your careers have changed your your you know i I dare say you like your attitude to life has almost changed as well you know because a lot in life is is certainly at the moment testing your your resolve to things isn't it so i mean but yeah you you part of that is 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 moving and adapting and you know and and changing how you how you approach things which inevitably means that you're doing something different now than yeah. you would have done before so yeah that makes yeah. sense well although, although from an arts i mean i don't know how kieran would say in terms of how he approaches the writing but um one of the a frustrating thing about working on a long project like this is that i want to push my art in different ways that i can't within Wicked because it has to stay within the feel of it and the aesthetic of it and although I've improved as an artist over those five years I can't drastically change stuff mm. in the last arc of a five-year series you know yeah. so like it's going to be it's quite exciting now that I've got that freedom to move on and try and do different things like that um so it's interesting that it, we are different people but we're also trapped by what we did five years ago mm. I don't know trapped is no trapped is the right word I'm gonna constrained say, like, no, yeah say, yeah trapped. yeah yeah, because trapped is implying that, you know, because train is like, I don't know, it's more like an artistic statement, I guess. I mean, we could completely change it, but why would we do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we could, we absolutely could do it, but it's like, we we, we have better taste, I think. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm similar to, I mean, like, I wouldn't, the aesthetic and the nature of the book speaks. I mean, I'm, I'm quite a chameleon now, like, in my mode in some ways. Um, as you know, I, I write to a, try, with to specific achievements. If you look at Wicked, I mean, Perhaps it's slightly easier than Jamie. I explicitly built into st- places for me to play in different modes. So like when you do the historical specials, you know, you see me writing for different artists. You see me like thinking about what they do and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But like even then, it's like you can see so much the work I've released this year, which, of course, is what I've been doing. Like Basically, I've had no new ideas for five years or rather, I've had no ideas I've shown anyone for five years because it's just been doing Wikdiv and mm. Solomon's comics. You yeah. know, there's, there's other stuff around the edge. Like an Uber Uber's also another five year project like actually more than five years in the case of uber and like this year i got to finish off these big projects and also okay this is where my head's been so like die is is radically a different book than Wicked, did as in yeah. you know i abandoned all the techniques i use with jamie because i've done them and stephanie isn't jamie and we've got to find a different rhythm but mm-hmm. I, I want that kind of okay i want to find a, a different way to talk about stuff and you know actually trust peter cannon is a, is a, a you know what i did with casper uh, and the crew it's just a completely it's close to what I do with Jamie, mm. as I can, but it's still not quite the same. It's almost like me taking the austereness of Wicked and pushing it even further. Mm. And then, you know, sort of like uh, What's the Future is, is me in that moving in a more like, um, what's the word, looser idiom. 
like it's me writing me trying to write something in my marvel mode uh but in terms of a creator own space so, you know these are just different fun ways to play you know did i wrote an entire rpg system for die you know i'm yeah. you know talk about experimentation it's like yeah let's yeah. try writing a medium i've got no ability in. <laughs> yeah i mean that that's exactly it isn't it it sounds like you're you're both ready for the next thing or ready <laughs> ready for at least to be over with this thing in order to have the freedom to to move on to the next thing yeah which is which is brilliant i mean what when you look back at wicked and divine as an experience as a as a unit of you know creation what what do you think your kind of what are your your, your big thoughts when you when you look back how will you look back on it is it again is it like is it, too, is it too close again are you still kind of like no i mean well of... i mean the way i mentioned this earlier but like the way we're looking at it right now is a bit different for me it was just like i had to get this done over the last couple of years and it was really really difficult so like being away from that now getting the space to properly look at what we did is going to take a bit of time to properly process mm. um but i'm you know i'm incredibly proud of the book i'm incredibly like i'm really happy with what we did um We've got this nine volume series that we did together um, that you know not everybody gets a chance to do that kind of thing in comics. And so it was amazing that we got to and we got to tell the story we wanted to tell. It pretty much went down with people how we wanted it to. You know, I always feel like it's almost bragging, but like people's lives have been changed because of this comic in various different ways. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's that's an amazing thing to have been able to do. Mm. But it kind of took its toll on you as well, really, by the end. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So. But you know, they couldn't do it any other way. So, and it's done. We did it. Yeah. What about you, Karen? Um, it's very weird because it's basically it's a game that um, it's something that basically gave me space to find myself in lots of different ways. Uh, it, I, we've had doubt. This book changed my life. Um, I just said Jamie said it's like I mean I say this in interviews all the time, but me and Jamie are both people who've been transformed by the art we consume. We're people who actually understand that uh, the power that art has to people. You know, because we're not you know ever take it lightly which both means that when people come up to us and say how much that book means the book means to them it's both a not a surprise you know like it's kind of what we want because it happened to us so it doesn't make it's what we wanted you know we didn't want to be shit but at the same time also where the incredible weird humbling the humbling nature of it you know so that that the push report as we did the book we wanted to do we put it into the world we found people who found it useful you know and that's magical i mean like we, we people come up to us and cry often enough that we have a sort not a drill but you know we, <laughs> we know how we, we have a way of acting and trying to make it okay for them etc you know what I mean? that's an, what an incredible privilege we have to this book um on a personal level you know it's like it was a goal you know i wanted to have the big vertigo-esque long series and you know that's my eight i was like 37 38 it's like by the time i'm 40 i want to have a, a book which you put like kieran x name of book gillen you know what I mean? <laughs> that's kind of the uh, I, I had a phone about you know something that sells <laughs> <laughs> so like and that's what, you know and it works basically almost everything we wanted Whitworth to do happened and that's yeah. scary because it's that kind of like I mean Jamie's gonna have this a bit when he does something next but when I was watching yeah. die I'm like well is that it you know will people actually like me anymore you know is this is that just the end of everything and mm. like Whitworth is like this weird awful magical period of my life I mean, I'm seriously, I've got no tattoos and I'm seriously thinking about getting into two in that kind of like every time I get an ongoing, every time I finish a big ongoing series, I get a tattoo in this yeah. kind of like, like fighter pilots are shooting down people in World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> Just like check marks. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, as you say, has changed people's lives it is an absolutely an amazing achievement. Um, you, you know, you both sound proud of it. You should be proud of it. Um, and it's it's something that's like a, a real milestone in 
both of your careers by the sounds of things mm-hmm. uh, and it, it doesn't sound it like it hasn't come without its challenges by the sounds of things it obviously has taken its toll on both of you as well and you know talk about being constrained by it as well but but i mean from from me and you know from people i know like jake hill who writes for multiversity he's been writing annotations of wicked and divine and uh, yeah yeah i you know i asked today i said oh you know has anyone got any questions he said no questions just pass on my sincere thanks for mm-hmm. you know, such an amazing series and and that and that's exactly what i've seen on twitter and on and on facebook and, and all people just talking about how much it's it's meant to them and how much it does continue to mean to them um mm. and it's difficult isn't it because this is done now it's in you know nine volumes and it's going to be is it four hardcovers and you know yeah yeah the fourth one's going to be like um two two books but together in a, in a set case sort of thing together yeah so i mean yeah. so people coming to it now or people wanting to reread it can you know kind of blast through it in, yeah. in a week or something and so it's almost that feeling of you know not knowing the 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 weight and the hard you know the hard work and the effort and the and the life that you know was put into you know these last five or six years for you both mm-hmm. um but um but you know you turn the first page and you see that and you feel that um and so um so yeah so thank you very much for 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 joining me for this for you know looking back um i don't know if you've got any final thoughts either of you about anything if you're uh or if you're happy with with how you're leaving wikdiv it's hard it's like no no we're just, as I said, we feel sincerely lucky and exhausted yeah <laughs> basically yeah yeah tired is the, is the last word you'll use yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. I'll, I mean, I'll I'll let you uh, go go to sleep. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you crack on with your evening. But um, but yeah, thank you both. Genuinely, it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you both. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. That's the issue is part of the Multiversity Comics podcast network. You can find this show and plenty more at multiversitycomics.com. You can subscribe to the show via Apple, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please consider sharing this episode with a friend. The show is on Twitter at That's The Issue, and I'm on there too at Matt Loon. Finally, you can contact the show via email at That's The Issue Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.